Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Nosy AF Podcast. I'm Stephanie, and I'm interrupting my normal posting schedule because this week I'm bringing you a very special interview with America's wildest MC, Mr. Joseph, otherwise known as Drunken Monkey. Drunken Monkey is a performance artist, and if you've ever had the chance to see him perform live, you will know what a treat it is, as he's super duper animated and his energy is like really crazy contagious, you guys. It is such a good time. Drunken Monkey was in town, and so he came through to talk to me about hip-hop, social media, rap beefs, and essentially the innocence of all of that. I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation because... I'm really excited about it. Thank you again for being here. And let's get into it with Mr. Drunken Monkey. You're pretty legendary, right? I mean, some people would say that. Like, I can honestly say I am humbly legendary. Yeah, I am legendary. And I say that with all chest hairs attached to my chest. Yeah. I said it with my chest. You're pretty humble, too. I'm very humble. How can you be legendary and humble at the same time? I mean, I was always taught, you know, God bless you with something. He could easily take it away. Anybody could be a rapper. Anybody could be an entertainer. Anybody could be, you know, the person that walk in the room and shine. But you got to understand it comes from something that's higher than you, something that's more greater than you. So I keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's inspiring. That's popcorn. Mm-hmm. And how do you think... Um, so, do you identify as a rapper? You know... Or do you say, like... Like, what do you call yourself? You know what, man? The older I got when I was younger, like, as a spoken word artist, people like, you a dope spoken word artist. I used to get pissed off, like... Stop calling me that shit. I'm a dope-ass rapper. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, people start being like, you're a dope-ass rapper. And I'm like, stop saying that I'm a dope-ass songwriter. You know what I'm saying? Performer. And then when the people start becoming, saying what I am, what I want to be called by, not the age that I'm at, I'm like, you know what? I'm a dope-ass performance artist because I do everything. Like, the performance artists stay outside of the box. You know what I'm saying? Like, rapper, that's just a title. I feel my gift is bigger than just a title. So a performance artist is good for business and then it's good for the sake of art as well because it make you leave room for curious, like, damn, what you mean you're a performance artist? What your big ass do? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, you know, like, because everybody, you know, what you do? I'm a rapper. I'm on this rap shit. It's always something on rap. Uh, You know what I'm saying? What you do? I'm a poet. Yeah. I'm a, I, I do spoken word And it's like I don't know It sound right Coming out of my mouth But when I say I'm a performance artist It's like Damn That's swag That's delicious Yeah, yeah I think maybe If somebody The way you just said Spoken word If somebody told me That they were a spoken word artist I'd be like Shut up Hell yeah Cause it's like The first <laughs> thing You know When I told my moms And told my family I want to be a spoken word artist The first thing They thought Ain't no money in poetry Ain't no money in like spoken word, but now if you be like, you know, I want to grow up and be a writer, that leave more room for journalism. You know what I'm saying? Like writing what? What are you writing? What kind of writing? 
your b-boy street artist like you leave more room to imagination you always want to leave room for imagination when it comes to what you do as a title yeah yeah that's true and then it leaves it's like open-ended for more conversation right exactly keep the, it's a good networking strategy as well. hell yeah <laughs> so you have this whole vocabulary yes of known words that are known like so these words that you say we all know them and can identify with them they mean something completely different to you so can you share what is barbecue when you say barbecue what are you saying i mean it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay the best way to describe you know what i'm saying tweet central slang is kind of like pooty time how oh. pooty tang sip a tie on the sip tires, but it's like it come naturally to me. I don't know where they come from. I don't even sit there and make it up. It just be like boom, barbecue and ranch dressing, big booty care bears on extra cilantro. You know what I'm saying? Like it just come to me. So barbecue, that's one of my most famous slang reference with me, like, yo, you know what I'm saying? It's just you could use it for different reasons. It like good. It's good, like yo, I'ma pour a barbecue on your back, like yo, we bought the, bought the um, that's wow. like, you know, it's like another way of saying like yo, we bought to do something, we bought to mate, then it could be like yo, you wanna smoke some barbecue, and it's like, what do you mean? Meaning like yo, let's smoke some loud, let's smoke some weed, marijuana, yeah. but then I could say donuts, like yo, go get some donuts, who got twenty on the donuts? You know what I'm saying? And like a lot of my references are relating to food. Why? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I think it goes back to me being a chubby kid, being called pork chop. But I just love food in Who a lot of ways. called you pork chop? The whole Inglewood. That was my childhood name. I had a big neck. And my neck looked like a, you know, like them hood packaged up like pork chops and like the little fold. Yeah. And then, like, I ran. When I ran, I ran like I was chopping shit. Hmm. So people was like, pork chop, pork chop. And I ran real fast and like, pork chop, pork chop. So did you like that name? I thought it was cool. I always had some type of fascination, a fascination, excuse me, with, like, just being known. I always loved the spotlight. Okay. So you're fine with that name because everybody uses that name. Everybody knows you with that name. And so it brings spotlight to you. Yeah. At that time as a kid. How old? I say Poor Chop was resurrected and born like uh, when I moved on 60, no, 76 in racing. And to even now, so I say that started in like 1993. Hmm. And then, so you went from Pork Chop. How'd you get the name Drunken Monkey? Man, you know what? Like, yo, that was the illest time because like, I was leaving, I was in the middle of leaving the hood, leaving Inglewood to explore like the north side of like Chicago. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like now you it started with poetry where seeing Love Jones, it made you want to go out into the scene and find you chicks that look like Nina Long that was on some deep conscious stuff. Then when you saw saw Williams Slam movie, it made you like, yo, you know, that's me, I'm a black space cadet from the hood. I'm into punk rock, I'm into skateboarding, I'm into video games, I ain't into game banging culture, you know, I'm into something different, I'm into anime, I'm into martial arts. So it was like seeing a movie, saw William Slam movie, it spoke to me. 
And at the same time, me and my sister Isis, shout out to my sister Isis, you and I crew, we was just traveling on the train, like just going north, smoking blunts, riding the train, going north, really being explored to like exposed to like the hip hop Chicago scene. Cause I thought Chicago hip hop was north, not north side, but like Wild Hunnets, Big Nasty, west side with psychodrama, Children of the Ghetto Cycles mm-hmm. and Drama War, so on and so on. So we see in Northside, we going towards DePaul, we going towards Loyola, we going to these open mics. And it was like, at that time, I, we, I'm going to Triton, Triton College, and my rhyme name was uh, Mr. Odyssey. I named myself after my favorite Homer Greek mythology story, okay. The Great Odyssey. So I'm like, yo, this shit sound like a porno star name. And at that time... <laughs> You know, you coming out of the 90s in Chicago thinking about big sweaty swole strippers with perms in their head name, Mr. Chocolate, Mr. Odyssey, and you like, hell no. So something about seeing a movie slam, going from leaving the hood in Inglewood to going north, coming across record stores, and you finding all of this dope music from trip hop, fucking Tricky, Bjork, Portishead, and it was like all that was mixing together like... Uh, it was like the universe was creating a style, like a name. Because at the same time, I'm like, I don't like that name, Mr. Odyssey, but it got to fit me. My name got to be dope. I'm getting ready to be on the hip-hop scene, Mr. Odyssey, nah. And then it, it was like it just hit me in Chinatown. It was like drunken monkey, drunken mm-hmm. monkey. And I kept repeating it to myself, like drunken monkey. And I was like, yo, how you think this name Drunken Monkey sound? And my sister's like, yo, that's dope. Only a crazy person got going to call himself Drunken Monkey. So I'm like, you know what? I am crazy. I am a space cadet. And if you think about the Drunken Monkey martial arts style, the monkey was always very peaceful, very comical, very fun-loving, all about peace. But if you... Damaged, I took anything, took his drink away, damaged his family. Then he was going to beat your ass. And that was me. So it was like, yo, you know what? Drunken monkey. And it hit me. It was just like drunken monkey. I took off of the EY and put EEE for Inglewood Energetic Experience. So that's why it's very uh-huh. important when people be like monkey, spell it with two E's, spell it with an E-Y, get pissed off because it's like, no, the E-E-E is special because it stands for Inglewood Energetic Experience. That's dope. I never knew that. Swag. So, but you didn't see like a sign that said drunken monkey? It just came to you when you went to Chinatown? Yeah. It was just on my mind like hmm. that whole week. Like that Saturday, me and my sister seen Slam. Uh, please check that movie out with Saul Williams. It's dope as hell. And from Sam, that's when we end up coming across Tricky. I mean, uh, Estero. Oh, okay. She had a song in there called The World I Know. Then Goody Mob was in a video with it. And then I'm like, what the fuck? And then it's like, all oh, that just played a part. Because it was the Drunken Monkey is very unorthodox. That's what's so beautiful about the style. And I mean, of course, I grew up on martial arts, having uncles teach me combat training, Samurai Saturdays in Chicago, fucking watching Channel 32 on Saturdays, you know, the Kung Fu culture. And of course, I'm a Wu-Tang baby. But like the main ingredients just came from the things that I just named. 
and it just created itself and it was just like you know what drunken monkey it's kind of like with venom how the new Venom is, how the Venom talked to him. Yeah. And he's like, yo, we got to keep this together. That's what it's like with Drunken Monkey. It's like my Bruce Banner and my Incredible Hulk. Joseph can't do what Drunken Monkey do. You know what I'm saying? Like Beyonce and Sasha Fierce? Exactly. It's like a, it's like, it's actually like a spirit. Like how Beyonce said, I mean, I, don't, I ain't saying no Illuminati shit. But it's like when you bless with a divine spirit from the Most High... You know, it's like Drunken Monkey is kind of like John the Baptist to me. Mm. If you're a spiritual person into the word, the Bible, how John was like just crazy, wild, just whatever. This is my foundation. This is what I stand on. Like, I know I got a voice and that's how the monkey is. It's like the monkey just just screaming, just yelling inside my mind. It's like a cage. Yeah. And when it's time to perform, it's like you get closer to that cage. You start to see that cage rattling, and you see these big beaming red eyes. Yeah. And then when it's showtime, it's like you hear that, Whoa! but you don't exactly see what it is. Wow. And then when I'm done performing, my body banged up, my clothes ripped, you know, my knees hurt. And then I'm looking back at the picture, and it's like I'm watching myself for the first time. Like, damn, that's me. Oh my Little god. Me. Yeah, that's me. Oh my god. You know what I'm <laughs> so quick. I turn into a chick, G. You know, because that's how special Drunken Monkey is to me. And that day when I got that name, you know, I'm big on if you get tattoos, you know, they got to mean something. I ain't going to just get, you know, 50 penises on my arms and say go hard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean something. So <laughs> on my arm, I got Drunken Monkey tatted on my arm because that's how much that style, that energy is a part of me. And it saved my life coming out of Inglewood. Do you like, I don't like the word crazy though. Do you like that? It, it's dismissive yeah. to me when people be like, man, you crazy, man, she crazy, you say, oh, she crazy. I don't like that. I love it. I love it. The reason why I love it because, you know, it's like, it's it's a word, but it's doing its job. And you know what I'm saying? Like, not too long ago, I was in a fucking mental hospital. Mm -hmm. I was in a mental hospital and I was. You know, God humbled my ass. He was like, you think you crazy? I'm going to show you crazy. And it's like being up in a spot watching somebody that been up in there for three years walking around in a circle. Dang. It's like, what the fuck? And it's like the first day I'm breaking up fights. But even in that, everybody took a strong liking. And when I came out, I heard a voice say, you're not coming out as drunken monkey. You're not coming out as... Joseph, but Imhotep, you know what I'm saying? If you're familiar with Kemet, Egypt culture, you know what that name mean. What does it mean? I mean, it's the architect, the one who come in peace. Some people say, you know, some words that say, you know, when Joseph became like the prince of Egypt, kind of similar to the uh, Disney movie, the prince of Egypt, like stuff that wasn't in the Bible, he became like a pharaoh, he became a king, Imhotep. The architect, the one who came in peace. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's what I felt like coming out of there. And it was like something was like, you, somebody gotta be a voice for the crazy. Okay. You know, be a voice for the crazy people. It's too many people being sane. It's too many people using filters to filter down what's really going on in your life. Like, no, if you fucked up, if you crazy, if some 
going on in your life is crazy, then claim that shit. Let it be known because it may be a thousand other people that's going through that crazy moment. So that's why that word crazy is dope. It's important because everybody identify with that. Like a woman could get scarred and be like, this nigga making me fucking go crazy. Love make you go crazy. Nothing else, no other word that you fill in the blank sound spiritually, how can I say, harmonizing with that word crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This man made me so turmoil. It's like you sound like a fucking Shakespeare theater and that like, man, you pissing me off, man. And it's like, fuck, I'm, man, I'm about to get crazy in here. Yeah, it's like if you if somebody says that you're making me crazy or this person's crazy, you sort of like know where their mindset's at. Yeah, right? it's like, oh shit. Like my favorite thing, like when I talk to my dudes about martial arts, they be like, I don't know martial arts, but I know crazy. Yeah. You know, it's beautiful. Crazy is like the sister of love. Hmm. All right, so the word crazy, I don't like that word. It's dismissive to me still, but from your definition, it sounds like people are really misusing the word. Almost, right? Because it's a passionate word to use. So if you just carelessly say it. Yeah. Then, you know, people can, people label people crazy all the time. And, or maybe it shouldn't be, it's taken as a bad thing, but to you, it maybe isn't a bad thing always. Yeah, it ain't a bad thing. It ain't bad to be crazy. Like, you know, like, some of your best work, some of the artist's best work come out of crazy moments. Like, just for example, like, we're living in a crazy time right now, especially with the situation with political robots, as far as Donald Trump, so on and so on. You got spiritual wars in other countries taking off and going on you got like the u.s is really being we're really being exposed to like how cricket cricket i mean not cricket but uh crooked the system is and it's making artists step up and speak on it during a crazy time and like sometimes craziness could give birth to something so beautiful that's what art is for you know what yeah. i'm saying like whether you like J. Cole or not, album or not, you know what I'm saying? It's dope. The situation going on with Kanye, Donald Trump, so on and so on, Pusha T and Drake. It's like all these crazy times are giving, producing some type of art that's keeping your attention. And the bad, the pro, the pro to it is like we in tune to it, but the con is like we get so in tune into one thing, it's like we forget about everything else that's going on. It's like we don't know how to mentally multitasked anymore it's like we went from one minute on facebook i'm watching my entire timeline of five thousand friends go from today we're talking about j cole tomorrow we're talking about bill cosby in a situation from bill cosby to Nas and khalees from Nas and khalees to like you know what i'm saying just like chance the rapper what he said about republicans and democrats and it's like damn do anybody it make you think about, and this is the one thing that I do want to agree with with Kanye on. Fuck all that shit about slavery was a choice because it wasn't a choice. It was a mentally fucked up game of chess where it's like, yo, yeah, you could be free, but we got the gunpowder to beat your ass and beat your family in front of you. So now you could go do what you want to do while you could stand here and watch us do this and convert to this. And what are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to be like, damn, I don't, I have no options. I have no choice. I can't fight these niggas with spears. You know what I'm saying? So, damn, 
You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like the Batman movie where how Bane took over his civilization with only like 63 people. Yeah. And it's like that happened then and it's like it was psychological. So I don't agree with that part of Kanye, but with the part of the attack of free thinking, like attacking of people attacking each other for free thinking is under attack it's like my opinion matters my opinion matters what you say don't matter what you think don't matter did it is that it is and you know what i'm not going to think this i'm going to talk about this one subject with everybody and it's like damn g i'm the only person that's realizing that this shit is really like a matrix and it's like all this is happening during a crazy time you know what I'm saying? Whether you look at it with your grandmother, say, like, Revelation's a crazy time. Mm -hmm. It always go back to that word, C-R-A-Z-Y, crazy. So embrace it, because it's going to produce something beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I feel like on social media, though, people, yeah, they jump around a lot, but, like, that's fine, right? I don't know. I mean, because it's like, you can talk about, like today, on my personal Facebook, I talked about how McDonald's, if you go there, you can almost pretty much bet that the ice cream machine's going to be down, no matter where you are. You can't always get ice cream. But that doesn't mean that I, if I like write posts like that, it doesn't mean that I don't know about the water issue no, in I'm Michigan. Not saying that. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying like stay so woke that it's like oh my god every i can't enjoy life you know what i'm saying but i'm saying if you take time and look at your posts compared to the person next to you post compared to the person next <laughs> to you post and we all saying the same thing and it's like it goes back to i miss the art of fuck the innocence of shit yeah. I miss the innocence of social media. Sure. I miss the innocence of fucking dating. When we took our time and we wasn't just, oh, I met you on Tinder. Let's get up. Let's have drinks. Oh, we bust each other down. Okay, I, you know what? I wasn't expecting a relationship out of it. That's where how life goes. It's like the innocence of shit is gone now. And it's like the innocence of social media is like, that shit is gone. Where it's like, it's starting to become crowded. I don't even be on that no more and it's even hurting my damage as an artist and a brand because it's like for numerous reasons of social media it's like I don't feel like dealing with like the the spaz wild west shootout where other artists have listened to my shit, listen to my shit, listen to my shit. I'm tagging you. I'm not even I'm not even in the pictures no more. You just tagging me now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like I'm not knocking that, but it's like I just miss the innocence, like get out here and promote the street, the art way. Get out here and pass out flyers. I miss the innocence of like when everybody didn't know how to work a social media page. You know what I'm saying? Like fuck, even the NBA, everybody, all the all-stars on one team together. It ain't no more like three all-stars in the team that make you like, yeah, nigga, this is about to be a good game. Yeah. We already know, oh, uh, it was going to be LeBron and Curry. You know what I'm saying? I miss the innocence, meaning the underdog and shit. Sure. You know? Well, how do you bring that back? Like, are you applying innocence into your music and into your marketing of your music? You know what, man? I can openly say this now as an artist, and I don't want to sound emotionally, but like, 
you know, before you're an artist, you're a person. Erica Badu said that she was like, you know, I'm, I feel a certain way when people credit my shit. And I, for throwing so many parties, putting out so many artists, I mean, putting out, helping so many artists, doing so much, I'm kind of artistically traumatized. Ugh. Where it's just like, yeah, put another album out and then what? Mm -hmm. Do another event, then what? You know what I'm saying? When you get so caught up into like, wanting to do it for the people, you kind of become a villain where you just like, fuck the people, they're not gonna come. They just gonna fill your head up with like, oh, you know, shit, I had to do this, I had to do that, I had to do this, and it's like, I'm doing this for y'all. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you become traumatized where you like, fuck that, I don't feel like getting caught up until like, is this nigga spitting bars? Like, don't just worry about the bars, listen to what I'm saying. I'm yeah. spinning reality rap. You know what I'm saying? Is he talking about busting down uh, another love song? Or uh, another, you know, just another song, another album. You know what I'm saying? It's like that shit is dead now. It's like evolutionized now. You know, like my focus is radio. You know, radio is always swag. You determine what get played. You determine what you can talk about. Like this podcast, like look at the wave, like... Just a year ago, people wouldn't dare be by a podcast or whatever. Yeah. They were still in tune to the radio, but now everybody want to hear what everybody got to say. You know what I'm saying? It's becoming podcast nation. And then from podcast nation, it's like, what's the next move? Where do we go from there? Is it holograms? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like... <laughs> That'd be cool. I'd be a hologram. Then you can come visit me. Just yeah. do a hologram. That'll be dope. Yeah. Do you think rap, like people say, oh, I do this for people, but do they really like do this for people? Like I struggle with this. People are like, oh, what's your art for? Like, who's the audience? And then it, it can, it, the first answer is like, well, I'm the audience or yeah. I'm doing this because I want to do it. I like it, you know, but really you can't do that. You can't say it's just for me because you have to be able to sell it and whatnot. So I wonder like, is it like, when you're like, I do this for y'all, like. Do people really do it for for others? Like, I think so. Like, so like when you say that, like I do it for y'all. Like, what do you want us y'all to get from what you do? You know, when you when you sit back and you're a person, you're a down to earth person, and you study what people complaints is with music. Like, I wish I could people put out music that sound like this, that put out more content like that, that put out more like work that's like this, you get caught up into it because you want to be that one. You want to be that artist that put that music out and then you put that music out and it's like, people have a problem with it, you be like, what the fuck? I did this for y'all. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, really when you're doing it for yourself because that's your therapy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're just looking at, you being a reporter, you're looking at what everybody is talking about, what they're reporting on and you want to be able to be the first person that have a story. You want to have a good, legit story that want to keep people tuned in. So of course you do it for yourself, but also you do it for your fans, even if you don't fully, fully, fully say it, because like, as much as I say I do it for myself, 
It feel good when my fans come up to me and be like, they love this, they love that. And then you get caught up into like, man, I want to do this, I want to do that. And then I see, you know, your fans like, well, what about this? What about that? Then now you battling with what you want and what your fans want. And then it's like that Jay-Z line. Niggas want my old shit, buy my old albums. You know, you forget that you got to evolve as an artist. Yeah. You're not going to stay where everybody wants you to be. And then if you try to constantly just stay where everybody wants you to be, you start to battle yourself. That's why I ain't put out no new music, because everybody like, do the music at a time. I don't want to do the other, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm more than that. And if I do something like that, it still got to have a monkey step. It still got to have my swag. You know, I ain't going to just do no party tracks right now. My whole thing is like political awareness, melanated awareness, fucking racial awareness. Like, it's, you know, I want to do an MIA type of thing where it's like take social content and make that shit fun. Yeah. You know. I like to make political stuff fun all the time. Hell yeah. Yeah. You know, that's just like Dead Prayers when they dropped this Bigger Than Hip Hop. Mm-hmm. That shit would always play because that beat, it feel good, and the shit that they were talking about was real. And I just don't want to put out a track like, it's catchy, that shit is dope, or I don't want to do no stupid dumb shit like, fuck this person in this city just to be on my, you know, Tatasi, Takashi 69 type of shit. Yeah. Because the wave now is all off, and the way that artists do shit is kind of weird to me. Ooh, have you ever been in a rap battle, like in a beef, where you're like making music that's directed towards people and then they make a song back at you, like the whole Pusha T Drake thing? Has that ever happened? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I had like my ex girlfriend, like. Uh, oh my gosh. And you know, you know, you know who I'm talking about. We went to Columbia. She was mm-hmm. kind of like. Rick James, we was like Rick James and Tina Marie. Uh-huh. So like, you know, she did some songs about me and shit with her poetry group and I mean I thought it was funny and shit. Uh and did you respond? I responded in my way it was so crazy. I responded on the songs that we had together in my way and shit. It was funny. Like uh but like far as a battle, you know, me and Prime battling each other, that was a big thing. Shout out to Ultimus Prime. He running for like a uh, governor or like senator rep for like Chicago now. Oh wow! They're gonna like pull up your guys' battle and like That's they're gonna make crazy. a campaign. That's crazy. A smear campaign out of it. Yeah. Like, you want this guy that used to battle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like. And that's crazy, man. But like, far as like somebody battling me, like doing a song about me, no, nah. no. Nah, I think, and I wouldn't even be the type to do that. That's, you think it's lame? I wouldn't say it's lame. It's just, you know, from, I don't want to make it about Englewood, but I'm more like, yo, GF, you, what's up? What's the problem? Let's talk. Let's talk face to face. Like, I'm not about to waste no ink, no pen, no pad, just to do something to just keep it going on when it ain't going to battle nothing. Like, people get hurt from battles. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People lose their lives from battles. I take battle and serious in another way because with Chicago battles, I've seen a lot of good friends for decades hate each other because of one punchline. Oh, wow. And it's like I never wanted to be a part of that world. You know, I never wanted to be a part of this person better than that person because it's like people actually get hurt. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot of people, like, to myself, I'll be like, yo, I'm the tweet guy of Chicago. Like, I'm one of Chicago's illest performers. As nobody touching Drunken Monkey. But then you see posts where people be like, yeah, this person is one of the top performers in the city. And then you see, like, awards, Chicago awards, where they like, this person is the best performer. And then you feel some type of way. Yeah, but those lists are always just based off, like, who's available and who's in people's networks. It's not, I don't ever necessarily think they're based off research, so who cares about Exactly, those and that's that's what a wave where the radio, where it goes back to, I was like, the importance of the radio, like, I grew up doing Pink House era, DJ Pink House, shout out to you. I grew up doing Doug Banks, Tom Joyner. Just so many dope radio stations that really catered back then to local and independent artists. So it's like, ain't no more excuses no more. It's like a lot of these people need to get their asses up <laughs> and go out here and research. It's fun yeah. that way too. Like, yeah. you don't just sit at the computer like, yo, this person hot, this person hot. Like, be the innovative reporter, be the innovative, excuse me, PR person that went in the trenches to find these, like, artists, these dope-ass artists, yo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for Cause, sure. Because it's like, you know, you can't rely on, like, certain sites. You can't rely on, like, Face Your Drive. You can't rely on, like, Ruby Hornet. You can't rely on that shit. You got to believe in the essence when they say it always come back to the streets. Yeah, it's all about the research. Baby. It is. It is. Fucking get a pen and pad and get your ass up and get out here. Stay up night after night like I do listening for like artists to play on my radio show. Get up, get out, get something. Exactly. Right? And bring that <laughs> shit back. Um, You know what you said? I never thought about like... So, like, with the whole Pusha T Drake thing right now, I never thought about, like, them actually having to, like, spend radio time, like, or studio session time. Like, they have to pay for studio sessions to go and, like, battle each other. Like, like somebody is, like, being paid to record this and, and everything. And it's, like, sort of, so what you're saying, like, you doing this for what? Like, what's the point? But I think, you know, the world, the internet seems to be enjoying it. People are saying, like, this is what hip-hop is about, the battles and whatnot. But I guess I just didn't think about somebody having to, like... Like, that's an expense that they're doing. It's and, like, very, is it, yeah. is it, and is it necessary? It's when if, When, if it's a real argument, if they could probably just meet up and talk about what the problem is instead of talking through music... Only, I mean, it's fun to hear talking through music and it's fun to have topics to talk about, but as artists, which they are, isn't an expense that you want to spend. I guess for them it exactly. is. Exactly. Like, think about it. <laughs> think about a talk, uh, a TED talk where it's like Drake and Pusha T right there. Right there. Like, just like how we talk in chair table, we face to face, we talking. Mm-hmm. You got somebody interviewing like, yo, how did you feel when he did the response to that? Because it's more, it's more, it's more open. It's more like, damn, it's yeah. like now we got the battle. It's like we got the rhymes. We got the what's the name. Now let's really talk about it. Like we still don't even know where this shit come from. Hey, y'all, I just want to take a quick little break to give you the National Suicide Prevention Hotline number, which is. The lives lost of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain 
two culturally iconic people deciding to end their own lives really makes it real as to how we can be artists, we can grow up to have our full art careers, and it can still not be enough. And mental illness is real. Depression is real. You are loved, okay? I am loved. I love you, and I hope you love me. And if somebody hits you up on some, yo, I don't want to do this anymore, talking crazy to you, all that kind of stuff, you'll help them, you know, ride for them, have their back. You know, and if you're feeling some type of way, please reach out to the hotline if you don't reach out to a loved one. Once again, it's 800-273-8255. We are all so important. And really, until God says, yo, it's time to wrap it up, we need to be out on this planet loving one another. And I know it could be like, yo, that suicide prevention hotline number is whack. We need to just be not be assholes. And yeah, there's layers to this for sure. But the base of it comes down to being able to communicate with one another, being able to check in with ourselves and check in with each other. You know what I mean? Back to the conversation with Drunken Monkey. I love you. I'm glad you're here. And uh, I want you to be here for a very long time. Okay? You matter. Let's go. We don't even know. Like, you, should, was, you should mediate them. Right? I would love to. And that's the goal of what I'm starting to hear. Was you should like, do like a set of battles, like mediations with... That's what I want to do. That's why when I came in and seen the setup, I was like, this shit is dope, dog. Like... You know, we living in a reality time. People want to see what goes on in your life. Everybody could go live now. That's true. I've never. I. I. I won't go live. I won't do it. I, mean, I won't do it. I I'll record something and then I'll like upload it. I stopped doing it. It got irritating after a while. I miss the innocence of doing live videos when everybody was doing it. Now everybody's just doing it. I mean, like... And it has potential to be traumatizing. I mean, people are getting killed on live. Like, exactly. you, you think you're watching, like, your girlfriend's, like, cheerleading, like, her little and sister's it, cheerleading match, and, like, somebody starts shooting, and they're exactly. like, um, I was watching the cheer not to see, like, dead bodies, like, in real time. And that make you goes back to what I was saying. I question everything, like, is this all propaganda? Is these shootings propaganda? Like, why is it just these, these particular schools, like, you know, and that make you, it goes back to research. Mm -hmm. You know, like free thinkers, like people like us attack us and be like, yo, y'all too revolutionary. Y'all be on that Illuminati that it is taught. But it's so much stuff going on out here that got us to, that got us not being able to connect the dots. And it's a lot of connecting the dots situations going on, but we're not really focused about it. Why do the royal family matter so much? Why? Why was it on this day? And I mean, I'm not knocking it. I don't want nobody to be like, this nigga hated it. He hated it. Like, oh, no. <laughs> but it's like, why was it? Why is it important that, you know, she's getting married? Like, I understand it. Like, every woman want to get married. Oh, Princess Megan? Yeah. And it's like, people was actually getting dressed up for it. But if it's your cousin wedding, you complaining about going. You talking shit, but for somebody you don't know, it's like the whole world was in tune to this situation. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to say something like that, like you're going to get dressed up to go to this like wedding in your living room versus going to a family, then yeah. that's problematic. But if you're also, but if you are going to your cousin's wedding, then there's nothing wrong with also getting dressed up for the royal wedding in your living room just for fun. It's a party. Is it really? Yeah, it's just a celebration. That's a big deal. Is that it? That girl, yeah, I mean, I think it's a big deal. 
for you know a lot of people because it is like a fairy tale the chick I, I don't know like honestly i didn't really follow her i started to learn more after the wedding um like for example i was getting like really upset about i guess her dad wasn't a lot i don't really know but i thought all this time he was black and i'm like that's messed up and then, and then like after i found out that he wasn't black then i didn't really care anymore but i didn't know much but i do think that it's interesting to women because you know she was married before um, she's like divorced she's older and usually like women are sort of seen as like if you're not married by like in your 20s and stuff like that then you're sort of damaged goods like a lot of women are single like trying to meet people and it's like here you are you know you've been through all this whatever all through all the scrutiny and whatnot and then you're getting married to like literally a prince so it's like this can take you can be like this and then be seen as sort of damaged goods but also look but look what can happen with that like that prince did not care at all that she had been through all of that you know and like even supported her, her his father like walked down the aisle again i'm speaking only from like i don't i didn't follow the whole thing but then she went through like craziness like racism with her family and stuff and so it is like a big deal because you know even like if his family could have shut that down and been like well this chick has been on the news like she's been on tv and all this kind of stuff like no 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 it's like even in spite of what your past is you could still like you know have a way greater future than what you even imagine i'm sure she didn't freaking imagine that she was going to be a freaking princess of wherever that is yeah so that's why it's sort of like that's pretty wild you know that's pretty wild. You know what? Since you put it like that, I, I feel you. That is dope. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know who I also think about with stuff like that? Like, uh, parents of celebrities. Like, great celebrities. So, like... oh, Will like Smith. Yeah, or like... I think about this in the tragedy times. So, like, Jeffrey Dahmer's mom, right? That's a mess situation. I picture Jeffrey Dahmer's mom finding out she's pregnant, having baby showers... You know, being around, yeah, girl, I'm any day now holding her baby. And their baby turns out to be one of, like, the top serial killers in yeah. the country. That's wild. And I'm thinking about that. And so, like, from, like, even, like, Megan's mom, right? She grows up. She goes through all this, gets pregnant with Megan, going through divorce, all this kind of stuff. And then she's sitting in the castle watching her kid get married to a prince. It's, in, it's, it's unreal. It is unreal. If I was to get married to, like... You know, through all I've been through of like, you know, going to art school, like I would have like trouble in school with like education, like all this kind of stuff. And then I turn out to be the president or I turn out to be like this over the top, like crazy famous, like media person that like with paparazzi, all this kind of stuff. My parents have to, we have to move them and like barricade them in because it's just getting that wild. That's insane. Yeah. That's next level because the basic idea is just to grow up get married and be happy you know yeah so it's sort of wild that that that's pretty insane i mean to be going up those stairs of the castle yo like i mean i guess my thing is this you know what i'm saying like shout out shout out shout out shout out shout out to prince william and megan <laughs> shout out to megan uh, oh my god <laughs> and i mean i'm not even being them dudes that was turning up on facebook like massive man no, I don't care about that. I don't get into that because I feel like love is a beautiful thing. But I guess I'm getting caught up into like how everybody went hard on Childish Gambino and then cheered for like the royal wedding. 
You know what I'm saying? I guess I'm going in on like melanated woman, you know, and even as I get older, I don't say black. I say melanated. Melanated woman, like the the melanated woman is more than a royal family. It's like the creation of everything. I tell my daughter. But the like, world doesn't see her as that. So it's like, yeah, you might see that, but. But you, but like basically you, your manifestation is real. Create your own world. Create your own world. But I don't, I wonder, I don't know, but I wonder if she even manifested that. And it's like, my thing is this, like. If that's the case. That is like, I'm dumb. I guess I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't want hope for 10 minutes. We deserve it for a lifetime. So it's like, don't just have hope for that moment and then go back to like, I don't believe this could happen. I don't believe that uh, this situation, like have that shit for a lifetime. Oh, who's going back to that? No, people if need to celebrate joy all the time. Exactly. And it's people that don't do that. It's what? only, you got people that only, that moment, not even in real life, like it's other people getting married too. You know what I'm saying? It may not be in a big ass role of family or be on TV, but like, you know, somebody getting married too. Yeah. Like that situation with the woman marrying the Ethiopian prince. Why didn't that get national news too? She had the same similar situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying like, it's difference between propaganda and like real shit. And yeah. it's like, I feel like at the same time while that was happening, you know, you got a situation with chemical attacks going on overseas. And it's like nobody is talking about that. Nobody is focused on that. Did the 250 girls ever come back that was missing? Yeah. Nobody is talking about that. The situation where like, uh, not Libya, is it Libya? Uh, um, the slave trade and like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Libya, like, you know, that shit is still real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, these are just moments. You know what I'm saying? And it's oh, like, yeah. Am I making sense? No, you are. You're saying because because the thing is, you're like saying like how like quick everything goes. It's like from one second yeah. we're talking about this, then we're talking about that, then we're talking about this. But and that's I think what I mean. That it goes back to like even what I was saying earlier. Like we don't multitask no more mentally. We only focus on one thing, and it's like it's only it's becoming a trend where it's like okay, this is gone. Then we go back to talking to our life. We'll post pictures. Then oh shit, Morgan Freeman. Hey, let's talk about Morgan Freeman today. Let's make a meme out of Morgan Freeman. Yeah. As you know, it's like Bill Cosby today, Morgan Freeman yesterday. That's just like with the Bill Cosby situation. It's a very sensitive, sensitive place to talk about, especially me having majority female friends. So I don't put my opinion out there on certain things. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Because it's like, even if you do say something right, it's like you're still wrong. And it's like, I wasn't there with that nigga. I wasn't, I don't know what happened. Whether the homegirl was ugly or not, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's another persecution on a black man. I don't know that. I'm not there. And it make you kind of get confused and fucked up and then it put each other towards each other. So that's why I'm like, certain shit I refuse to compliment on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have majority female friends. Why yeah. do dudes say that all the time? Like, yeah, I, I just kick it with girls. I kick it with girls. It's like, why? I why? Kick it with queens. Okay, yeah, with queens. No, I'm just playing. With like, ladies, like, why? Why, why is that? I can say me because my family is majority down south, southern, hardworking women. Okay. They come from a family full of men, 
And it's like I was raised by tough ass whooping women that'll beat your ass, that could be ladylike, queen-like, but then, you know, my mom's, that was like my, she was my mother and also like, the conversations with us was like a sister. I could go to my mother like she was my sister, but she was just my mother. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the relationships I have, I don't know. I just have relationships with more females than dudes. I've been thinking a lot about like black men and like best friends, like black men friendships. Yeah. And it just seems like that they're rare. Or that they're like, or when I do see them, that they're like super duper solid. Like I can parse out my friends like in certain groups from like certain situations I might find myself in. But I find like with black dudes, you know, maybe men overall, but like they'll have like the one homie that's like been with them through like every single thing. Yeah. That's how my G, Rebecca. So that's like that's a lady for you. She's been through everything with you. Yeah. It's my G. Hmm. She been there for me, like, that's my homie. Her kids are like my god kids, like, and it's no barbecue included, no strings attached. Yeah. But she's like a dude at the same time. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just can't, some dude, if you think about it, the dudes when they say they have like best friends as females, like, them females ain't no like prissy ass type of females, like, they could be in a circle full of dudes and hold their own. They're aggressive, they fun, they funny as hell. Like my best friend, she funny as hell. Like if I say something stupid, she'll smack the shit out of me. You know, if I say something stupid, the ugly, ugly will smack the shit out of me. And it's like, ain't no, you know, majority of like the dudes that have female friends, like they, they more like dudes, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do that make sense? Yeah. It, it ain't, you, you know, it ain't like no Reese Witherspoon, pretty and pink chick. Because then I make, if you got a female best friend and you got a lady, that's going to make your lady be like, you best friends with this bitch and y'all ain't doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? And you're just like, yeah. I have a best friend that's a guy and we get asked that type of question all the time. Exactly, because it's out of the norm. But why is that out of the norm? If a female could be daddy's little girl and like with your father, you could be talking about anything, watch martial arts, kung fu movies, that this, that this, cartoons. Why can't that be just like that with your male friend? Why can't it be like your brother? Yeah. You know, I mean, you do got some dudes out here that be on some music soul child shit too. They be like, I love you as my friend, but I think about you and I want our love to be yeah. here. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm far from that, you know what I'm saying? Like, my female friends, I ain't pour barbecue on, and they my homies, you know? And I'm cool with their boyfriends. What do you think a lady in an intimate space would say if you literally poured barbecue sauce on her? Then that's a problem. Then it's like, trust. Do you think she would, literal barbecue sauce, like you guys are laying there and you're just like barbecue and you take out like, like open pit barbecue sauce and you like dump it on her. What do you think? You think she'd be upset or? I mean, that's weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of nasty to think about. Yeah, like, well, that's like yeah. when you say that at first, when you say that, I'm like, that is just so weird. No, I'm, th I'm thinking you're talking about like if I pour a barbecue on my friend. Yeah. 
I mean, I can like pour, literal barbecue sauce. Yeah, not dude, that's your nothing lingo. I pour barbecue on, like my friend. I pour barbecue on you. Like I would fight you. I'd be like, "Why do you have barbecue sauce? Why'd you throw that at me? Why'd you put that on me? Then we'd be fighting." It's like lotion. No, it's not. It's barbecue sauce. Yeah, it is. What's the difference between like if somebody pour like whipped cream and cherries and shit on you? Why is that all like a? I don't like that either. Okay, but majority of women do. But at least people know that that's that. It's just like out the norm, right? Yeah. It's just out the box. I feel it's, like I'm on drink champs. <laughs> well, look, are you gonna make new music or what? Hell yeah, I'm gonna make new music. When? Man. I'm focused on just the business side of everything right now. You know, after 25 years of doing it and they, and being a brand. I ran away from my business, so now I'm like copywritten, ASCAP, PR, managers, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, if I miss that wave, I miss that wave, but I doubt I miss that wave because it's like music is forever, you know what I'm saying? Hip-hop is the only culture of music that you put a title, like put some type of A's title on. I don't feel like I'm getting old. I feel like I'm getting wiser. My spirit feel like it's turning 16 years old. I'm just focused. I'm just, I just want to do it the right way. I want to put out an album and tour that shit. Put in the stores, have merchandise. You know, that just take time. I don't want to just Facebook album shit. I feel that. I mean, like you work so hard going in the studio, you put it out and then that's it. You're doing two weeks promotion on Facebook, Twitter posts. And that's it. I don't want that shit. I want like, even if I'm still doing music, they don't have waviness to it. I still want the young heads to be like, yo, this shit rock. Want yeah. that because of the presentation. And don't nobody do presentations no more. I'm excited for what you have coming up. Oh yeah, it's a lot. You know, the radio, Q4 radio station that I broadcast with, is going FM and we did that because focusing on local and independent artists and grassroots business owners. I'm about to team up with another radio station out of Minnesota, KRSM, uh, excuse me, KRSM, and like do everything that I did here with the radio out there. The focus is nothing but local and independent artists and grassroots business owners. Top 40 shit is boring to me. Shout out to Cardi B. I just know somebody that's better than Cardi B. Shout out to Freddie Oso. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not knocking Lil Uzi Vert. I just know somebody better. Shout out to Roy French. Not, not knocking J. Cole. Kendrick, shout out to Ugly Boy Mono. Shout out to Chris Crack. Yeah. Audacity, Drunken Monkey. It's like <laughs> a lead of like so many dope artists that have killed these mainstream niggas, man. Yeah. So that's why that Drake and Pusha T shit, that shit boring to me, actually, man. Yeah. It's like y'all niggas making money. Yeah, I guess it is a little bit lame. I mean, don't get me wrong, and the only reason why people going hard at Drake is because when you at the top, of course, people going to come for you. I remember Drake on Degrassi High, because I love Degrassi High. When he got shot and was in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. You know, fucking... But I but I watched it way before that, though. You know, what's the name of his brother? Who? You remember BET Uncut? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I know a T.E.T. is inappropriate. Baby, what's your panties smell? Oh, like, that's the drink. That's story. not his brother, but that was one of the famous songs from B.E.T. on Cut. Oh, yeah. The joint, uh, I'm trying to kick, not that. I got that in my head. White girls, Julie, Molly, Cindy, going through my mind. Oh, yeah, that's Drake's brother? Yes, that's Drake's brother. Did you know that, um, you know, Drake's last name is Graham? Wasn't somebody is, his, is like his uncle or something, like a producer? I don't know, but I tell people that um, he's my brother. Damn. And then, because he has a stepsister, Stephanie, I hear. Okay. And so I told somebody that, and I told a dude that. Like, I just tell people stuff when, like, I hear people talking crazy and, like, walk off, you know? Yeah. And then, like, weeks later, he, like, messaged me on Facebook. He, like, <coughs> he was, he's like. Drake ain't your brother. Because <laughs> he like know. looked it up. Because I'm like, would you stop talking about him? That's my that's my brother. And then he like looked it up and like saw the Stephanie thing or whatever. And he's like, damn, for real? And then like weeks later, then he's like messaging me. He's like, Drake ain't your damn brother. No, I have a dude who have another good question. Yeah. What do you think about people that are like, that make rap so accessible that they can just feel like they can do it these days? Anybody can just rap. Like, you know, like, rap is just popping up everywhere. Like, oh, there's all these new artists and stuff like that. Like, and how I, does that make you feel? How do you feel about yo, that? Yo, and, and I'm glad that you say this. And the more, I, as I, we was wrapping it up, I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, I don't think I really did a good thing with this interview because I was all over the place. But hearing you say that made me just come to the place where, like, I like this interview because it was all over the place, but I keep bringing it back. And it goes back to the art of innocence. Like, even with the poetry scene, it's like you got a lot of fans that became promoters. And it's like, this shit is lame now. Yeah. The Chicago poetry scene, it bores me. And I'm not knocking it, but I grew up in this shit. I'm a prodigal poet. You know what I'm saying? And it's like... Anytime when some shit on social media trick into like the scene that you love and you know on social media it's drama and it's in the place where it's supposed to be peace, where we supposed to get knowledge and peace at. Even fucking Dr. Uma, I mean Dr. Uma and fucking Sadaseti uh, is going to war with each other and it's like <laughs> yeah, even that- fucking conscious scene and you like, damn, like I miss the innocence of things and yeah. it's like... That was really embarrassing because do you remember seeing the video and like he like picked up the phone and like, he was like hold on hold on I, I I got this hold on hello but yeah 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 and, and then like, the phone rang it was like a fake phone call exactly that's that was that was really bad that was really but bad. then the whole thing is you still got to put click he knew what he was doing he <laughs> he still had to put click he he's had the power to delete it or publish it. Even if you're doing live, yeah. they still give you the option, like, do you want to still put this out? And you're like, yeah. And it's like, that's what I mean. Like, it's too watered down. Now, the game is watered down. A corporation is making money off of what we love. And it's like, it's sad when, like, you got a nine-year-old girl and her mom is the topic of rapping shit like Little Tay is she faking I, I don't give yeah. a fuck I don't care like you know what I mean like it's too much fakeness in the game now and it's like 
you got these new ages, and I'm, I mess with the new heads wave. You know, I like these new youngins, and they getting money. I like that. But then at the same time, it's stupid. It's a stupid-ass wave, and it's only getting them killed, and they're going to get them hurt. The situation with Takashi, uh, I always get them, um, is it Takashi 69? Yeah. Like, you can't fucking disrespect people in a wave. You can't say on GD4, on BD, and disrespect the whole wave that you don't know about. Because, like, Chicago culture, you can't openly talk about the gangbanging culture without somebody coming to see you. Yeah. And it's like, you just on a whole nother wave you don't know about. And it's like, it's stupid, dog. And it's it's just too many people with freedom that don't need to have a camera on them. That's how I feel. Too many rappers that don't need to have a mic on them. And I'm not knocking anybody hustle. Do what you got to do to feed your family. But when you got the mic and the mic is on and you ain't got nothing to say. that's I have a problem with that. Whether you're a nine-year-old little girl or whether you're a grown-ass nigga that's 75 years old. MC no dentures. I don't care. Like, is that a real person? I don't know, but that sounds dope. Yeah, like, I would that love it. Dope. Yeah, like a old, it, it, would it be may like a be really, an old ass dude out here on that. It could be dog. like a senior project. You can like go to a senior home and try to get seniors to rap and teach them. I would really like that. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. Maybe Ugly could do it, but I wouldn't do it. Like Chris Crack could do it. That'd be fun. That'd be funny as hell, Chris Crack. It wouldn't be funny. Cities. It would be so sweet because yeah. they they need activities. You're right, but I mean, yeah, they can have a they can have a cipher. You're right, and they can perform their written rap. Aw, I yeah. like it. I mean, but to sum it up, to boil <laughs> it up, like I just don't agree with a lot of these rappers that's coming out now. Like, it's like they they dumbing the game down. It ain't even about music. It's about what you're doing on IG, what you're doing live, and a lot of them are doing stupid shit. Yeah, and they got kids. It's like kids having kids, and it's like you got a three-year-old toddler in the back while you, you know what I'm saying, drinking lean, fucking trying to bounce off of an air balloon off the 45th floor and shit. It's like, it's just stupid shit. It's beginning to look like the hobo with a shotgun. Yeah, it is, bro. It's, 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 it's wild out here. But to each his own. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to just follow my wave. Well, listen, what's so special is that you... Uh, are visiting Chicago and you made some time to come chill with me and be on my podcast and I am so thankful. I appreciate that, G. I appreciate you and your listeners. I hope you continue to manifest and grow and do your swag sauce. Once again, everybody, look for Drunken Monkey on IG at Drunken underscore M-O-N-K-3-E's. Twitter at Drunken underscore M-O-N-K-3-E's. And then YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Tidal, everything. Just Drunken Monkey. And you'll be able to find my wave. Cool. Well, all right, America and the world, we're signing off. G-Strings and Popcorn. G-strings and popcorn. Marie says time to go and serve the chicken. She said, me and she started in the kitchen. Alright y'all, well That was a good time, right? Getting ready to catch up with Drunken Monkey I really hope you guys enjoyed that Um, I'm gonna put all of the stuff we talked about With the beefs and all that kind of stuff In 
the show notes at nosyaf.com. So make sure you guys check that out if you guys were interested in any of the things that we were talking about because I'm going to have all that in the show notes. Uh, let's see. Next week, I got to decide, should we talk to the wandering family or the Hebrew Israelite about dating? Do you guys have a preference? Let me know if you do because I can move either way. And um, yeah, I'm excited. Episode number seven, guys, is in the bookie yucky yuckies. Again, check out nosyaf.com for all show notes. Share this with a friend if you guys are feeling it. And I will see you guys next week. Thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 800-273-8255. I'll see you guys soon. Peace. I'm feeling good and plus I got some liquor in my cup Police on bullshit today, we just don't give a what I got that music you can ride to Ride to, ride to, ride to, ride to, ride to Just let your seat back Ride to, introduce Ride to, night train ride Hey, just let your seat back I'm riding in my spaceship on a sunny day